All right, come on, 10 o'clock, you doing all right? Doing okay? Awesome. Hey, if it's your first time here, my name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor. You just heard from my wife, Amanda, who co-pastors and is really the brains of the operation. I just stand up here and talk. And uh, we are thrilled to have you spending the morning with us and a handful of you watching church online as well. Would you all just help me welcome first-time guests, anybody who's watching online. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for spending your morning with us. And um, yes, we are going to use the S word. So this is your final opportunity to get your kids into our fantastic Kids Life Ministry, if that's where they should be. It's the three-letter S word, not the four-letter, because some of y'all are probably like, what's happening? What kind of church is this? And um, no, it's the three-letter one. Um, so uh, now there's going to be a bunch of parents asking their kids in the car, what are the S words? Or a bunch of kids asking their parents, not parents asking kids, because that would be odd, strange. Man, so, so, uh, so excited to get into the word with you this morning. And um, uh, But before I do, two things I want you to be aware of. And uh, one, I'm just so revved up because we finally get to do this because COVID kind of stole it from us for a little bit. But it is back this year. We get to have our special needs Easter egg hunt. Come on, y'all. April 9th, we'll be serving all these beautiful families and their kids. It's going to be a wonderful day. I know many of you have joined our church over the last couple of years, and so you've never had the opportunity to see this or be a part of this. You might have had an opportunity to be a part of our Christmas shop, which is, comes from a similar heart, but it's a completely different event. Uh, this, this started for us several years ago because uh, of a, a mutual friendship, a relationship. I got a phone call from uh, somebody who oversaw missions projects or outreach projects for Joyce Meyer Ministries, and they called us and said, hey, is there anything you've been wanting to do to serve your community that you just haven't been able to do yet, and if you had the funding, if you had some resources, you'd be able to, you'd be able to pull it off, and, and uh, immediately said, yes, this, and, uh, and they said, well, here, we're going to write the check, and, um, and they underwrote the first ever egg hunt that we did, and, um, and it, it just kind of caught fire, y'all, and your generosity over the last several years has been so over the top that not only do we do this event, but we do the Christmas shop, and we do serve day, and we have regular serve team outings that people are doing uh, all throughout the year, and, uh, and nobody else has ever had to underwrite any of it. You all underwrite it, and so I'm um, just so thrilled that we get to have this event again. It'll be here in our facility and this is one of the few times a year that I try to get everybody, like everybody, like 100% of you to participate. And you just need that. You need a few times a year that you kind of stop what you're doing, lock arms with your church family, and do something that's not about you. And just go serve somebody and, and love on people. And so uh, you would really, really be helping our, our serve team leaders if you would go to this website right here, truelife.church forward slash serve team, and say, hey, I want to I help that day. I want to be a part of the event. The sooner you do this, the more organized they can be. And a whole bunch of you are going to ignore me, and you're going to wait till the week before, and we know that. But I'm just, you know, I'm hoping just a couple of you are just going to take a big step of maturity today, and you're going to go ahead and, and check your calendar and, and let us know today, hey, I'd, I'd really like to be a part of that. And, uh, and, and you're just going to have fun. You're, I promise you, you're going to have fun, and your heart's going to be full, and, um, and you get to be a part of something really unique and special uh, one of the ways that we serve our, our community here. Uh, then the very next weekend, y'all, it's kind of like the Super Bowl of church. Come on, can I? Come on, it's, it's, it's Easter Sunday. It's the, come on, we get, to res we get to celebrate our resurrected Savior that day. It's, it's a pretty fantastic day. And um, 
Next week, I'll share with you our service schedule for Easter. We're finalizing that right now. We'll talk about it at team night tonight with, our, with all of our dream team. But I, I want to ask you to go ahead and just start thinking about doing three, ta- three things as it, as it pertains to Easter. Number one, like let's start praying now. Easter and Christmas, these are the two times where we see large numbers of people make decisions to begin a relationship with Jesus. This is not about growing our church. This is about growing the kingdom. All right? And, uh, and so we're going to do everything. Uh, a guy I used to work with said, pray like it depends, work like it depends on you, but pray like it depends on God, because we know it ultimately does. And so we're going to do all the work to try to have an excellent service that day. Uh, 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 you're going to be proud of your church that day, I promise you. But let's start praying right now for people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, that when they come or watch online on on Easter Sunday, that the Holy Spirit would draw them and that they would respond to that. And then you can make an investment in Easter. And I'm not talking about writing a check. I mean, you can always do that if you want to. We won't say no, but, um, but that's not what I'm talking about. You can make an investment in Easter by taking your next step spiritually. Like if you haven't been to Life Track and figured out, man, what, what, what does God want to do with my life? We'd, we'd love to have you join us for step one next Sunday night. We talk about what it means to be a member here, and Amanda and I will, will be there. We'd love to talk with you, get to know you. That's an investment you can make. Find your way onto a team so that you can be a part of serving people Easter weekend. Those of you who are already on the team, go to your team leaders now and say, hey, I'll serve multiple services if you need me. I'm going to make a priority out of reaching people on Easter. And then invite somebody. So pray, invest, and invite. So find somebody who, who is away from Jesus or who's disconnected from a local church. Please don't go steal people from, that are already in churches. That doesn't, uh, we're not looking just to have a big number here just to pat ourselves on the back. The only number we're going to really celebrate Easter weekend is how many people make a decision to move into eternal life with Jesus Christ. Okay, that's, that's the one we're after. So go find somebody who needs Jesus and invite them in. Amen? All right. Um, real quick, I know there's a lot going on in our world right now. Um, I'm not going to change the topic today. I'm not going to change the series. Felt like the Holy Spirit already spoke to us about what I was supposed to teach you today. Uh, but if, if you're like me, you've been watching the news this past week, you know uh, what's going on in Eastern Europe and Ukraine. Uh, Amanda and I have been watching. Amanda's very first overseas missions trip that she ever took at 16 years old was to the city of Kiev and, um, and went and served beaut- the beautiful people of that country. And uh, it's just really heartbreaking, heart-wrenching. Uh, I've got some friends who pastored in that city for many years. And um, it's just it's kind of awful to watch what's happening. And so I want to just take a moment today. And I know all of our hearts are kind of drawn to what's going on in our world. I want you to know that even though there's chaos here, there is no chaos in heaven. That God is on his throne. Come on, somebody. And, um, and he's going he's gonna to find a way, just like we sang this morning, he does find a way to work things, all things together for his, for his good. And um, so I thought, let's just take a couple seconds. Let's just pray. Can we do that? Let's just pray. Let's ask for, for God to, to move. And uh, so Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We lift up the beautiful, precious people of Ukraine and Eastern Europe, even the citizens of Russia who really have no control right now over what is happening. And um, God, we know that it's really not your perfect plan for human beings to destroy each other. I believe your heart is broken every time that happens. We know that there are times that evil can only be met with force, but God, it's never your heart. And, um, and so we just pray for those beautiful people today. We, we ask that your kingdom would come and your will 
would be done. We pray for churches and pastors who are still meeting with their congregations today in that country. They're still worshiping. They're still teaching and preaching. We, we ask that you would have your hand upon them, that you would protect them. We pray for children and, and families that, God, you would, you would protect them, that the loss of life would be minimal, and, and, and that somehow through this awful, terrible uh, process of events, God, we pray that it wouldn't get worse, that we would not be headed towards a multi-nation conflict, but we pray somehow, God, that your, your perfect will would come from it and that you would use it for good, and we thank you that you are able, even when we don't see how you are able, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree, would you say amen? Amen. amen. And um, if you feel compelled today, um, this is not an ask, I'm just letting you know the option exists. If you can feel compelled today, we, we already are in partnership with a missions organization called One Hope. It's one of our core missions organizations that every time you give here at True Life, every time you tithe, a percentage of your giving uh, goes straight to missions, and, and One Hope is one of the organizations that we partner with. Uh, they are already, right now, today, serving over 25,000 Ukrainian refugees in the country of Moldova, and, uh, and you're a part of that. And so if you're wondering, like, can I do anything? Is there something I can do? And you want to write a check or swipe a card or send a text, what I, what I want you to do is make sure that you allocate it to missions, all right? Just write missions on the envelope or in your gift giving online or your text to give, write missions. That missions fund is what we would dip into uh, to go above and beyond what we've already committed to that organization. And so if you do that today, that's where we'll take all those funds that get designated to missions today and we will help serve refugees. I'm sure there's gonna be more opportunities in other countries, but right now, the connection you have and the place that you're already serving True Life is in the country of Moldova as those refugees come across the border to try to find safety. So, man, uh, aren't, aren't you thankful that somehow, some way, God takes these awful things and he can, he can accomplish his will? Amen? Amen. Um, these lights keep blinking at me, guys, so I don't know if you want to just turn them off or, or if you want me to dance or something like do a light. I can, I mean, I can do whatever. I can try to make it work. Um, <clears throat> love this passage of Scripture that we're using to frame this series we're in right now. And uh, so we're going to get into it this morning. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27 says, Anyone who, what, listens to my teaching, this is Jesus talking, and follows is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And that's, that's what we're talking about in this series. How do we build family? How do we build families on a firm, solid foundation? I can't read this scripture without kind of laughing a little bit. You're gonna hear, if you're in Dream Team, you're gonna hear the scripture again tonight. I was at a conference last summer where uh, Dr. John Maxwell somehow got over 2,000 leaders. I saw him do this twice at two different conferences. A room with like 2,500 grown men and women, leaders, got them on their feet singing the old Sunday school song that goes with this scripture. Are you, any of all, any of you all been in church long enough to know what I'm talking about? You ever done the, the wise man builds his house upon the rock, the wise man builds, just me, okay, all right, never mind, it was funny, and some of you will get to experience that tonight, all right, we're not going to do it right now. Jesus says, though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and does obey it and, and does not obey it is what? Foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. So you, you have a choice today. I, 
I can communicate scripture, and I'm going to. I can try to create clarity for you. Uh, We can go to God's word, and then all of us have a choice. Are we going to just listen, or are we going to do? And that's the difference between wise and foolish. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So kind of set this up last week. We talked about foundations. And to build a healthy family, you've you got to start by understanding the core of family, which is really the, the marriage relationship. Now, uh, we're not just going to talk about marriage throughout the series. We're not just going to talk about marriage today. But we are going to define some things that God really wants to exist in the family. And, and so that means kind of talking about the things that really are supposed to happen in the context of a scriptural biblical marriage. I gave you four of them last week, and we're spending four weeks on these four topics, and they are, there's the S word, everybody, uh, sexual fulfillment, relational intimacy, partnership, and the raising of children. And uh, I talked to you last week about how we have the, the research now, we have the data to show how systematically in our society, these four things have been decoupling from marriage. And as they do, there's some pretty serious consequences that are, going, uh, that are coming with that, and um, juvenile depression and anxiety and um, broken homes, broken families, and, and, and now even young people saying, you know what, I don't think I'm even interested. I don't wanna get married. I don't, I don't wanna start a family. That, that's happening in increasing numbers. And uh, so we're spending one week on each of these topics, and here's the truth. Like each one of these, I could probably do a whole series on. So I, like I can't, we're gonna talk about the first one today, and we're just, barely going to get the tip of the iceberg on really all that there is to talk about. Um, so I'm just hoping God will still use that, 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 that he'll use it as a framework for you. If you're single, uh, I, I want you to take the information today and, and kind of use that to help you build a framework for what God wants to accomplish in your life and, and what a healthy view of sexual fulfillment should be. If you're a parent, I hope that this will be helpful to you to help frame the conversation that you're having with your kids. Um, and, and I want you to know it's important that you do, that you do have that conversation with, with your kids and, and that God's just going to use it, all right? And, and he's going to use it to redeem some things. I also, I feel a little bit of tension because we're going to go here today. I feel a little bit of tension around that. Some of it's because of the kind of the church tradition I grew up in um, where, where you, just didn't, you just didn't talk about this topic in church. Like some of you already, you're just feeling so weird right now um, because that word's on the screen. And I'm leaving it there just to mess with you. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It, it, honestly, it messes with me a little bit. Like, I'm a little bit like, is this going to be okay? I don't, like, I don't know. Like, so so it's, it's, and that comes from kind of the, the, the background I grew up in where the strategy around talking about sex is don't. Just don't. You just don't talk about it. It's bad. It's gross. Don't do it. Or if you talk about it, then somebody's going to sin because you talked about it. So it's like, it's just silly. It doesn't make sense. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of discomfort around it. There's also some discomfort around this because I know, and I fall into this category. Um, that in a second, we're going to start exposing some of the lies that we believe, that humanity believes about sex. And for some of you, uh, that's going to be, honestly, it's going to be hard because you, you believe some lies and you're living with some of the consequences. And so the the temptation might be to feel a lot of shame or guilt uh, around those things, maybe some things that happened to you or some choices that you made in the past. And I just want you to know that that is not 
the will of our Heavenly Father. Guilt, shame, condemnation, that is, that is not the goal for today. Y'all with me? In fact, I think it's really important to make this statement to you, not just around the topic of sex, but around everything. You need to know that the Holy Spirit never speaks with the voice of rejection, ever. It's a great place for an amen. The Holy Spirit never speaks with the voice of rejection. He speaks with the voice of redemption. So he never, that little voice that's like, you really made a mess of this, that is not the Holy Spirit. That voice that's like, you're bad. You're making a lot of mistakes. You made a lot of mistakes. You're never gonna be able to be healthy in this area of your life. That's not the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit does is, is just helps us course correct, just gently guides us, whispers, nudges our hearts. Hey, no, don't, not, not that way, this way. Come over here, I got a better way. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit will take our past, our mistakes, our brokenness, and then somehow shapes them into something beautiful. He uses our story to bring glory to our, our Heavenly Father. And I think that's pretty awesome, amen? And it, so it's just, it's important that you know this. Um, it, it's, I think it's important that we talk about this in church, uh, that we get past the whole like, just don't, just don't. Like, let's just, can we have a moment of transparency? How many of you, just the fact that we're even talking about it today, you're already like, is this okay? Can we do this in church? Is anybody else come from that? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of us, like, cause that was me. But here's the problem. In the absence of healthy conversation, society and culture are happy to jump in and have the conversation for you. So that's why many of us have believed some lies. And if you're not careful, if you're not in the right environments, if you're not willing to have a healthy conversation about this, and by the way, I wanna go ahead and give myself a disclaimer. If you were at Thrive, uh, you got to hear Nancy Houston tackle this topic, and I can't do that. I ain't gonna try, all right? What I am gonna try to do is, is um, make sure that we don't end up like this group of people Paul writes about in Romans chapter one, and he says, they knew God. These are believers. These people who go to church. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as, as God or even give him thanks. What, what, what does that mean? I think, let me give you an example of that in our, in our current kind of state of the church. And I don't mean our church, I mean uh, Western American, Western society church. Is we, we know God, but then we don't put him in the position of God in our lives, and we come up with our own ideas. Paul actually says that, I'll show you that, it's right here. They begin to think up foolish ideas of what God is like, and so we start saying things to ourselves like, well, if, if God loves me, doesn't he just want me to be happy? Or, or if God loves me, uh, won't he just be okay with what I'm feeling and the choices I'm making? And, um, the problem with that is, if God's love has to be proven to you over and over and over again based on your feelings, doesn't that mean you're God? Right? And so we confuse love and lordship. God's proven his love with the most radical, crazy 
act of love that humanity has ever seen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish and have eternal life. God's, God has already done everything that he needs to do to convince me of his love. He sacrificed his one and only son on the cross, a perfect atonement for all of my sin and mistakes so that one day I might be able to spend eternity in the presence of my heavenly father. That's a pretty radical display of his love. And so if I spend the rest of my life trying to get God to prove his love to me by making me feel like I want to feel, that's not love. That's manipulation. He's already proven his love. What we need to talk more about in church is lordship. Because you loved me so much and you made it possible for me to spend eternity with you, God, I now surrender my life to you as Lord. In Western society, we're used to the democratization of everything and that majority rule. The kingdom of heaven is not dem democratic. It's lordship. It's kingship. He is my king and my savior and my Lord. He has already battled and won on my behalf. And so now I surrender my will to his will. And there's tension there, because I don't always agree with God. I don't always want to do what he wants me to do. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, you don't need that donut. And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> sure do. Need two of them, actually. And a grande mocha. I'm going to Starbucks and Dunkin'. <laughs> As a result... Their minds became dark and confused. Does that sound like our society at all? Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And as a result of that, they did violent, degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So let's expose some lies. Because there's a lot of them that we believe. And you don't need to believe all of these for your view of sexuality and healthy sex to get messed up. You really only need one. Really, any of these that I'm about to list, and they're not in any particular order. Well, the first two are. But after that, they're not in any particular order. If, if you're just believing one of these, then you can get off track when it comes to what God wants to accomplish in your life in the area of sex and sexuality, all right? So here's, here's the first lie, you ready? Y'all okay with this? Can we just expose some lies? All right, and remember, this is not rejection, but you have to identify, oh gosh, I, I believe that. Okay, God, what, what, help me figure out what the truth is, and we'll talk about that at the end. All right, so the next few minutes, I'm just telling you, it's gonna, it's gonna feel a little heavy because we're exposing lies, and there's just really no way to do that without it feeling a little bit heavy, and all the freedom group participants said. All right, so, all right, so we're, just gonna, we're gonna expose some lies. Here, here's the first one, I, and I, I just spent some time kind of thinking, praying, writing down. I've been doing ministry for 20 years now. What are some lies I've believed? What are some lies people have come into conversations with me, carrying with them? And here's the first one is, and, and this is, I think, so prevalent in our society. People believe that sex and romance are the pinnacle of human life. Like that's, thank you, Hollywood. Right? Like, I will have attained everything if one day I can have a relationship that looks like one of the ones I saw on a screen somewhere. Am I messing with anybody yet? 
And then you got married. If you're married, you're like, huh. It's different. Right? That's not what I saw on TV. That's not how it went in that movie. But we've believed this lie. That this is, this is everything. When actually, like the Apostle Paul says, if you can stay single and just focus on God's mission for your life, like that's probably the way you should go. Like you're, you'll get more done. So single people, but if you're craving sexual fulfillment, marriage is in your future. Come on, can I hear an amen? This is not the pinnacle of humanity. This is not the pinnacle of your life. Eternity is the pinnacle of your life. Relationship with Jesus is the p- pinnacle of your life. Finding purpose and calling and hope and meaning through your relationship with Jesus. That's the pinnacle of human life. That's why so many people are, are, are chasing this and they're still going like, well, why don't I feel better? In fact, in our society, you're chasing this with multiple partners and all kind of, we, we've traded the truth for a lie. And this is problematic because if you believe this lie, it probably will lead to the second one, which is that sexual fulfillment is my right. This is what we do, especially in Western society. We have this habit of taking things that we want really bad and then telling ourselves we deserve it. Why is it so quiet? So I have a right to this. I should, have, because I live and breathe, I should have this. Then our, even our politicians pick it up, right? They start using this language around fundamental human rights. And we buy it, hook, line, and sinker. And when only like 2% of the whole world will even have the resources or the money or the wealth to enjoy all of these things that we now say are fundamental human rights, I always think that's gotta be so offensive to the rest of the world. The stuff that we're sitting over here in America going, it's not my right. Really? And listen, let the whole world have that conversation if they want to. You are part of a higher kingdom. You're citizens of heaven if you're a follower of Jesus. Amen? So, y'all said amen, so now you got to get ready for some homework. Write this down, because the Apostle Paul spends three chapters. Now, they weren't chapters when he wrote it. It was just a letter. But for us, three chapters of his letter, his first letter to the church at Corinth, chapters 8, 9, and 10. Three chapters are spent by the Apostle Paul saying, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, part of the whole deal is you don't have any rights. You give up your rights for whatever's best for the kingdom. Oh, nobody wants to amen me now. Three chapters he spends making the case that as followers of Jesus, we, he, that's why Paul says, I don't have any rights. I belong to the kingdom. And so you've got to be really careful. People come into a marriage thinking, oh, this is my right. No. No, it's not. I mean, God wants you and your spouse to have sexual fulfillment and and to be able to enjoy it. He, He definitely wants that, but it might not always be possible. Like, what if one of you gets a terrible medical diagnosis and, and, and you can no longer, you better have something more than just your physical intimacy to keep the marriage going. You're going to learn what love is in that kind of scenario. All right, um, this next one, this is 
kind of what I was alluding to when I grew up. Uh, one of the lies that we believe is like, it's, it's bad. Can't talk about it. Ew. Gross. This is what you, this is what happens after you've had the talk with your teenager. They're like, yeah. Don't talk about it. Don't do that. So my, my, my wife, I was telling her uh, in our house this week, I was like, hey, the, ta- the, the title of the message this week is the S word. Wasn't thinking when I said that, because then my eight-year-old's like, what's the S word? I'm like, no, son. No. We'll go camping soon. You and me, we'll have a conversation, but no. He's like, I'm going to find out. I'm like, no, you're not. He's like, this this is him this morning. He's like, I'm going to sit in your green room during the first service. I'm going to turn on the TV, and I'm going to find out what the S word is. I said, no, you're not. I turned off the TV and hid the remote. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, not yet. But it's not dirty. It's beautiful. God made it. It's not gross. It's not a bad word. It shouldn't be uncomfortable for us to talk about in church. Sadly, it is. Do you know that, that God not only created sex for procreation? This is so cool because we're really one of, like the only species that he did with it, this with. Is he said, I'm gonna, I, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and populate the earth. So he gave us sex for, for procreation. But then he also made it fun. It's not dirty. It's not gross. It's beautiful. It's God's idea. And I always wonder what God's thinking whenever we take something that he made and he made it beautiful and he made it so that we can populate the earth but also so that we can enjoy our relationships with one another. I always, I wonder what he's thinking when we get all prudish with something that he made and designed as beautiful. Come on, say amen this morning. It is. It's a a beautiful thing. All right, and then um, here's another one. Again, you don't have to believe all of them. It just takes one to kind of mess it up for you. Uh, some people think like sex is just an animalistic action. And this is kind of like pretty prevalent right now in our, our society. You know, you're kind of taught like that you are the accumulation of your physical urges, attractions, and desires. When the gospel would teach that you are so much more than the accumulation of your physical urges, attractions, and desires. It is not just an animalistic action. If we were just animals, then God would not have given us dominion over all the other animals. Not just animals. We're not just meant to just do whatever we feel. It's not okay. If I did whatever I felt, I would have monster truck tires on my truck and there'd be lots of flat pancake cars on I-95. Don't get to do whatever we feel. Bazooka launchers on my front bumper. I mean, it'd be awesome. All right, so it's not, it's not just an animalistic action. Another lie that we tend to believe is that it's just a recreational activity, that it has no meaning beyond the pleasure it creates. Of course, that's not true. It's not true. Um, physical intimacy is meant to be kind of like that what cements the relationship when there's already relational intimacy, which we'll talk about in a future week. It's, and that's why when we have multiple partners, different things like that, like emotionally it kind of messes with us because we're, we're mixing and matching these different pieces of God's plan 
in a way that he never meant for it all to go together. Again, no shame, no rejection. Um, probably most of us in the room have a history on this topic. So it's okay, take a deep breath, you're fine. We're just exposing the lies. Are y'all okay so far? Y'all need it here on the count of three, deep breath. One, two, three. Okay, all right, here we go. I needed it. All right, here we go. Uh, Next one. We believe that it's just an isolated event. It's just a one-time thing. This is where you get the idea of the one-night stand or... Um, and the common phrase now in, in our society is, is no strings attached. That's, that's a lie. There's no such thing as no strings attached. You might not be making a long-term commitment to each other, but your heartstrings, they are attaching, I promise you. There's just no such thing. There's this, this idea that there's no lingering impact on my life. It's just, it's just not true. We have this one, that it's just physical. It's just physical. It's just a physical interaction between two people. And here's how I know this cannot be true. Can't be true. Because God made it. And everything that God makes, he connects supernatural purpose to. So it can't just be physical. It is always more than just physical. Y'all okay? He puts meaning and purpose behind everything that he does. And I think many of these lies, they're perpetuated by uh, media and, and society. Um, the thing that really makes me sad when I think about this is how much of this has been created by, I think we live in a very pornographic culture now. Like just the, the average 10-year-old has seen this stuff on a computer screen. And, um, and so it creates these expectations that aren't realistic and this, this reality that doesn't exist. And it's just sad. It's just sad how broken we've become in this area. And one, one of the things that really concerns me is we've kind of become, in my opinion, because of the prevalence of pornography, what that does is it kind of creates a nation of addicts because we're kind of all just chasing the next dopamine hit. And y'all, that's, that's troubling because if you know anything about addiction, not, not only does it just mess with the addict, but it impacts the family, it impacts the loved ones. It, it actually, we know now that from brain scans that people who regularly use pornography, the physiological it scans images of the brain are actually changing, like we're literally changing ourselves. We know that uh, families that have histories of addiction, their DNA literally begins to change. And that tendency towards addiction can be passed on to future generations. I mean, just no, no wonder there's so much confusion around this topic in our current situation in our society. Amen? Uh, amen's not the right word there because we're like, no, amen's like, yeah, I like that. No, I don't like that. So what do we do? What do we do with these lies? The Apostle Paul, he, he says, hey, you, you've got you've to start by getting your facts right. Like, you've got to know that your bodies, they're members of Christ himself. So when I come in, into a relationship with Jesus, now my body, there's a, there's a spiritual, supernatural connection to Jesus himself. Shall I then take the members of 
Christ and unite them with a, with a prostitute. Paul is dealing with some specific things that are happening in the church at Corinth. These are new Christians. They're believers, and they don't know any better. Like, in their culture, it's pretty normal. In fact, there were churches because of, people were used to the pagan culture. Like, they would, they would bring prostitutes into the temple. Like, they're pagan temples. And so Paul's having to be like, uh, guys, you can't do that at church. You can't do that. You all need, you, no, no, no. <laughs> so Paul's having to help shape the, the early Christian culture and, and give some boundaries and, and some morality. So he says, shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? <laughs> What's he say? Come on, y'all need to say this with a little more passion. Shall I, should we do that? Never. All right. So, uh, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. So Paul's saying it's not just physical. It's not, you're not just animals. And it, it's, it's extra complicated when you're a follower of Jesus because he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So when you're in relationship with Jesus, you become one with Jesus. And so then everything I do I kind of I pull Jesus into that with me. You know, it's, you know, sin, really, what it really is, it's just when I'm, un, when I'm unfaithful to Jesus, when I'm not faithful to him. But the, the issue with sexuality and, and all the lies that we tend to believe is that when we get outside of God's framework for that, not only do I become unfaithful to Jesus. But Paul says, I'm actually kind of, in a way, being unfaithful to myself. That's why he says, everybody say the first word. <laughs> you can't say it like that. You can't be like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to flee. I'm just going to run away. No, no, no. Come on, if you're running from something, you know, if there was an emergency in here right now and I was like, y'all run. No, hurry, seriously, go. That's not what would happen, is it? Come on, come on let's say it again. Flee. Come on, one more time. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside the body, but when we sin sexually, we sin against what? Our own body. And Paul says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You were bought, I love this, <laughs> at a price. It was a high price, it was a steep price. Jesus went, he went to the cross, nails in his hands, and his feet, he, he purchased you. Therefore, Honor God with your body. How do I do that? Well, you've got to start by figuring out what lies have you believed. And how many know it's not enough just to get rid of a lie? You've got to replace it with something. You've got to figure out what the truth is and how you're going to embrace that. So let's start here. First Thessalonians 4.3, Paul says, God wants you to be what? And to keep clear of all sexual sin. You're probably not going to get this right 100% of the time, but this is what God wants. For God has not called us to be dirty-minded and full of lust, but to be holy 
and clean. So here's what we do. We've, we've identified some lies. We've exposed some lies. So let me, I'm going to move fast. Let me wrap up by helping you now. Try to create a system in your life for embracing God's truth and, and walking in it. And I think this will apply to really all areas of your life, but today specifically we're talking about the, the S word, okay? Here's the first one, is make a commitment to God's way. Make a commitment to God's way. Now, that means you're gonna have to figure out what God's way is. That's why he gave us his word. That's why he gave us the scripture. I think in the area of sexuality, almost more than anything else, people will come to me and say, hey, what's your, what's your opinion on, and fill in the blank with whatever. And so often my response is, I don't, I don't have an opinion. I don't get to have an opinion on that. The, the word has already been written. It's very clear. So I go to the word. I don't always like what I read. Sometimes I feel some tension around what I read. But it's really clear. It's already there. And, I, and so I've just decided that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love people who disagree with me. I don't need to be mean or ostracized or any of that. But for me, I'm committed to God's way. You all with me? And I want to be really transparent with you. I, I ain't always done this. Uh, if I could go back to 15 years old and, and get a redo, from there all the way up until I meet my wife, I would. But I can't. And that's why the, redeem, the redeeming power of the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives. Come on, y'all. Are you with me? That's why, that's why Isaiah says, though your sins are like scarlet, they're going to be white as snow. I believe God's going to do that for some of you today. You've been carrying around some stuff, some choices you made or something that happened to you. Maybe you were a victim of something. And, and so you've believed now that you're broken or you're not as valuable and some of, some of you didn't even sin somebody else sinned against you and you're carrying the baggage of that and I just want you to know that the Holy Spirit is here today to redeem your story come on y'all to get you back to where God wanted you to be though they're as red as crimson they're going to be like wool Paul encourages us he says therefore come out from them and be what so like you're not supposed to be like everybody else. I love what Timothy Keller says. He says, if you're worshiping a God who agrees with you on everything, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. So I, I have to make a commitment. You know what? I'm going to be separate. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty, just I'm gonna make a commitment to, to God's way. And then I have to learn how to manage my thoughts. Manage my thoughts. Y'all look at me. I just need to tell you, you're gonna have some thoughts. You're gonna have thoughts. But you can learn to manage your thoughts. Amen? You're gonna have some thoughts. You are going to notice beauty. You might notice when someone is attractive. There are many times that I have commended the Lord on his fine work. 
question is, what's the next thought? And the next thought. And the next thought. You gotta learn to manage that. Because you're gonna have some thoughts. And you can't stop it, but you, but you can learn. And Paul warns us. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Uh, the word dominated and controlled here in the Greek are actually the exact same word. It's kata. And it literally means to follow. So you could read this, those who are following their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are following the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Who are we following this morning? That's a question we've got to wrestle with. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. I'd like life and peace, wouldn't you? But I've got to choose between those two. Team life and peace. I don't want to be dominated. I don't want to be following my flesh. I don't want to be following my, just my cravings and my desires. Because the Bible says it's going to take me to death. And I not mean physical death. Like that's how marriages die. That's how mental health and emotional health dies. It's, there's, there's a lot of different kinds of death before we lose this body. And Paul's trying to warn us, he's trying to encourage us not to go there. And so you've got to decide, like David did, I will set before my eyes. And David learned a lesson on this one, didn't he? No vile thing. That's why the internet in my house is on lock. I'm not going to put that in front of my eyes. I'm not going there. I've got to have a system in place very careful. My wife and I discovered VidAngel this week. Um, we're starting to, we find, it's, it filters out a whole bunch of stuff that I don't want on my screen and a whole bunch of words that I don't want to hear. And I know the artsy, creative people who made it are really offended by that. I don't care. Because I don't want to hear it and I don't want to see it. And so we're finally catching up on some, 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 some shows that a bunch of y'all sinners saw like four years ago, five years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. It was kind of cool. But I, I, I love that we live in a day and age where there's some tools, there's some resources like that for me to say, you know what, I'm, not, I'm just not going to put that in front of me. I'm not going there. I'm not going to give myself the chance. Amanda's so great. She knows me, and I know her. She's so great at helping me protect myself in this area because I am visual. I just... I notice, we, we've, our last few vacations have been to the mountains. I don't remember the last time we've been to the beach. The mountains are a lot safer. Everybody covers up in the mountains. There's sometimes we go to the beach and Amanda's like, hey, you just need to study some sand right now. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I'm just, some nice grains here at Rehoboth. Some nice tan color. Because I just, I just don't want my eyes to take my heart somewhere that it's hard to come back from. Y'all with me this morning? And then if you really want to be able to do this, you also got to maintain some healthy relationships. Carlos, you can come out. This is why if you're not in a group yet this semester, get, get in a group. You need to have some people in your life 
who can help you check your own thoughts, who can help you check your own behaviors. Do not be misled. Bad company, what? Corrupts good character. Parents, you do not need to apologize for helping your children choose their friends. They won't live in your house forever and they can choose whatever friends they want after that. But especially when they're little, like I have an eight-year-old, I know him better than he knows himself right now. And it's my job, it's my responsibility to help him be shaped into the person that he's going to become. And so we, kind of, we help. There's time, there are times we've said, nah, nah. Right, my, my son and I, like, we like to play Fortnite together. There's been a couple times I've walked, walked by and he's playing and I see a name on the screen that I don't recognize. So, hey, who's that in your squad? Oh, it's so-and-so. Oh, cool, tell me about them. How do I know them? We'll do a little investigating. I said, hey, hey, buddy, you know what? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but no, that's not your friend. That's not your friend. Not yet, anyway. Sorry. Y'all with me? You got to be willing to go there. You, you got to be willing to have some hard conversations now. They'll be your friends later when they're grown up. Come on, y'all. And I, I, I didn't have that. I, I'd had some, I didn't have enough people willing to have those conversations with me when I was young and help me choose and guide and steer me. That's why you're gonna hear this scripture so much this year because our focus as a church is on building community. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins too. And pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. I, I had a conversation with one of our overseers just this past week. So many spiritual leaders that have been crashing and burning and I don't, I don't wanna be on that list. And um, we're, gonna make we're gonna make changes to our church's bylaws. It's gonna take us like two years to figure this out, but I just figure I'll tell you about it so you know I'm not just preaching this to you, I take it very seriously. We're, we're gonna create a team of people whose job it is to kind of just have their thumb on the pulse of Amanda and I, our marriage and our choices and our calendar and I'm gonna have a team of people that before I can go somewhere, travel to a conference, preach at another church, stay in a hotel multiple nights, they gotta approve it. And they're gonna say, hey, no man, that's, mm -mm, that's too long. You don't need to be by yourself in a hotel for three nights. So either your wife goes with you or you have to have a, have a, have a travel buddy. Somebody who help, help you just make sure you don't do anything stupid. Y'all, I, I need that. You need that. Can I hear an amen? Need, 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 need some accountability, some transparency in our lives. Some people who, we, who will pray for you. And I, I need some people who will call me out and say, hey, hey, Michael, what are you doing? It's not okay. You do too. I need some people who I can go to and say, I'm, I'm not okay right now. I'm I almost did whatever. I'm in the Dunkin' drive-thru right now. Save me. Sa save me. 
Here's the last one. Make a decision that you're going to magnify God's plan for your life. I'm not going to magnify my wants, my desires, my feelings. They're going to exist. And I'm going to have to wrestle with the tension that those create, especially when my feelings and my desires conflict with God's word or the instruction that the Holy Spirit is giving me. But at the end of the day, his plan gets magnified above all else. And I love what Paul says here. It's the message paraphrase. It says, with promises like this to pull us on, dear friends, let's make a clean break. I hope some of you can do that today. With everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without, let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. Magnify his plan. Would you stand here, if you're here in person, if you're watching online, you're welcome to do that as well. It's up to you. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes all across the room. And before we go any further, I just, I just want to ask, I, I know it's been a pretty specific topic today, but earlier I, I talked about how you were bought with a price that Jesus gave his life for our sin and for our mistakes and so that we can be in relationship with him. And if you're here today and you say, hey, Michael, I, I don't have that relationship. In fact, I didn't, maybe didn't even know that God was so interested in all of the details of my life. And, and, I, and I realize that I, I don't want to go another minute, another day without that relationship, without having Jesus in my life. And today I know, is, is today's the day I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus, to begin a relationship with Jesus. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. If I'm talking to you and you're here in the room, would you just, just wave a hand at me and say, hey man, that's me. I, I, need, I need to begin a relationship with Jesus today. I'm not gonna call you to the front, not gonna embarrass you. Just want you to know you're here. Anybody? Just up and down real quick. I see it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else? I see it. Anybody else? Thank you so much. It's brave. Appreciate you doing that. So I'd like to just lead you in a prayer. If you're watching online and you, you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus today, you can pray this with us. In a couple seconds, Amanda will be out here. She'll have some next steps for you. We'd love to know that you're making this decision today, but just say, dear Jesus, today I'm beginning a relationship with you. I know that's possible because you love me and you gave up your life for me. And today I surrender to you as Lord. I believe you went to the cross you paid a great price so that this moment could happen today. And you've forgiven me of all my mistakes, past, present, future. 
from this day on my life belongs to you. I believe you rose from the dead. Today, you're seated at the right hand of the Father, advocating on our behalf. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed if you would. Keep them closed. I know this is a heavy, heavy topic. And I just, in Jesus' name, I just come against all shame and guilt and condemnation that is not the win for today. But if you find yourself here today and you've listened to this message, you say, hey, hey, Michael, like, I believe some lies. I, I believe some lies. And I, I need to just get that out before God. Like, hey, I believe some lies. And so there's some things for me to figure out. How do I, I'm going to make a commitment to God's way and try to get my thinking aligned with his word and his will. I'm gonna, I need some relationships. I need to make his plan bigger than my own. Like, but, I, but I believe some lies, some of those lies today, and I, I need some help with that. If that's you, just, again, I'm not going to call you to the front, not going to embarrass you, but if that's you, just would you just wave at me? Say, hey, I believe some lies in this area of my life. Yep, yep. Anybody else? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And all of you that are too scared to raise your hand, we know, we know. Believe some lies. So, Heavenly Father, you know every story that's represented in this room. You know every story that's represented on the other side of those cameras today. This area of sex and sexuality is, it's become really confusing in our world. There's so much pain, there's so much guilt. I pray today, Holy Spirit, you would just do what only you can do and, and that those of us who've been believing some lies, that today would just be the beginning of something new and healthy and fresh that we would make a real commitment to understanding what your word says, that we would not filter your word through our feelings, but we would learn to filter our feelings through your word. And then that would lead to some healthier thinking. And that would lead to some honest conversation. And that would lead to us finding your perfect will and plan for our lives and making that the most important thing. I thank you that there's healing taking place in this room right now. I pray for people who have wounds, things that were done to them, said to them. I thank you that right now you're comforting, you're healing. I thank you right now that shame is leaving, hearts are being set free, and you are restoring and redeeming back to your original plan in this room today. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for it. It's in your precious name, Jesus, that we pray. And everyone said, amen. All of you got something from that message today that will help you. Come on, how many of you know that these kind of conversations, we need to be having them? They're good to have... Um, these kinds of conversations are good to have, and church is the right place to be having them. Do you agree with that? Um, and 
if there's a conversation that you need to have or want to have, let me remind you that our connection card is a great place to start with that. Um, also, if you made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, um, if you have a prayer need, a prayer request of any kind, if you want to learn anything more about our ministry teams here, connect with a dream teamer, um, or if this is your first time visiting with us today, uh, maybe here in person or online, we're so glad that you're here. That connection card, we would like you to fill out. That is the best way for us to connect with you and to help you take your next steps. Um, if you're here in person, there's a card right in front of you in your seat pocket, and you can drop that off in the kiosk. We also have a digital option through our True Life Church app. If you're watching us right now online, there's a link for you to click uh, for that. And then also, if you feel led to give this morning, you can do that here in, here in person or through our True Life Church app or our text to give option. And once again, if you're watching us right now, there should be a link popping up for you. All right, church, well, I'm going to pray a quick blessing over all of you. And then our worship team is going to lead you one more time before we send you on your way. Lord, we love you this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for your truth. Lord, I pray that in this area of our life, God, you would help us to walk in your truth and what your word says, God. Help us to lean and walk in your word, God. That's the only way to go, God. We love you. We thank you. We pray, God. I pray a blessing over our church today as they go out those doors, Lord. Would you just, uh, I pray blessing. I pray favor over them, Lord. I pray that you would go with them today, Lord. We love you so much. We thank you for all of this, Lord. We thank you for your presence and for being with us today, God. We pray all of this in your name. And everyone said, amen. All right, church, come on. Let's put our hands together. Let's make some noise as we worship Jesus one more time. Come on. For no. 